College baseball fans, it's time for the D1 Baseball Podcast with Mike Rooney, Aaron Fitt, and Kendall Rogers. Let's win every podcast. Now, here's the pride of the Newtown Edgemont Little League, Coach Rooney. Hello and welcome to the 45 Minutes of Heaven we call the D1 Baseball Podcast. I am your host, Michael Patrick Rooney. Tonight's episode, which is live, spooky, brought to us by our good friends at S2 Cognition. S2 Cognition delivers a revolutionary approach to helping athletes understand how in-game decisions impact their performance from youth levels all the way to the pros. Thanks to S2 Cognition, it has been a blast uh, being partnered with these guys all year. Um, per usual, I am joined by the great Aaron Zebediah Fit, the <laughs> the uh, the gentleman wearing the college baseball is rad hat, Kendall J. Rogers. Big donkey. Thank you, big donkey. Pride of cut and shoot. Yeah. Jenny, J. Rowe and I ordered our hats today. Very excited. We got two hats coming. You guys know how we how we got it to two hats? It was going to be one hat. We spent 15 minutes deciding one hat. You know why it's two hats? Uh, did he come out with a bucket hat edition? No, no, no. Then why? Think, think about who makes decisions in my house, mostly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. J-Row. J-Row. So we're on the computer. We're placing the order. <laughs> and she says, hey, is it free shipping? I'm like, unfortunately, no. She says, well, what if we ordered a second hat? I'm like, let's give it a shot. Second hat, free shipping. Hey, yo, let's go. Do it. Do it, Chuck. Yeah, that was Spe- Speaking of, uh, Aaron gets that to spend a full you. week with Steven Shock this week. Are you, have you prepared yourself this. mentally for that? Well, I mean, shock, of course, being shock. He, he texts me at like four o'clock this afternoon, like, "Hey, uh, I don't have a credential. Can you help me? <laughs> you help me out with that?" So we're, <laughs> we're working on that right now. We hope, we hope we can get him in the doors. Oh. Yeah, I was talking to Brian O'Connor last night. I made a comment. He made a co- joking comment about me being their ops guy, and I said, "Well, so how about Stephen Shock? He can be your ops guy." He said, "Well, one thing's for sure: Stephen Shock would keep me very young." Oh, so, you, you know, like I, so I listen. Maybe I listen to like co-jobs. I like that. I listened to a uh, part of, of the shock factor factor podcast today mm-hmm. out doing errands after I listened to the Nerdcast, which by the way was awesome. You guys even crushed it without the nerd master general who went dark on you for a second. Uh, Steven shock admitted on the shock factor podcast that his trip to Florida earlier this year for the Alabama series, he booked his hotel on the flight down to Gainesville, which is like, that is that is a level of brazenness That's that I don't possess. A lot of procrastination. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of like, shocked you found a hotel room in Gainesville on that short of notice. I don't think that's procrastination. I think that's actually past procrastinating. Like procrastinating yeah. the night before. That's like that is living life dangerously. Oh, I wonder so, what I wonder. What, I would like to hear Fran's take on this. Yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah, does he well, operate his his uh, marriage traveling like this? They've only been married a few months. Fran's got time to clean that up, and she yeah. will. She clean should. It that's, up, your, that's your home. In the, in the words of Runes, that's your homework for the next week, Fran. Yeah, that's right. His work on shocks timeliness. Yeah, speaking of wives, that that's J Row on the neutral bullet at the one forty five <laughs> mark. I'm not kidding. She, I told her we were going into podcast, and she said, "Well." <laughs> I'm getting ready to neutral bullet. So sorry, not sorry. Yeah, we, so we, we have J Row in the neutral bullet. We've got Mason uh, out there on the on the Fortnite. So ho- hopefully we'll keep it down a little bit. Oh, nice. I like that. Does does Mason have any like? Is there smack talking in Fortnite? Kr. Uh, yeah, to, to the go? point where I have to like calm him down. So it's verbal because they're mic'd up, right? Like they're they're, they're mic'd like a up. Phone call. Yeah, it gets verbal. It gets intense. I'm I'm still waiting. By the way, Todd Walker, if you're listening. I've I've like sent your free request like a hundred times. You haven't accepted it. So Maybe you should challenge. take the hint, Raj. Maybe you should I take the hint. I think he's scared. Yeah, no question. That's 
So, so I think we do, we do a, a off season event for D one baseball from time to spare in cut and shoot, <laughs> Texas, Todd Walker versus stone Mason jar Rogers in Love Fortnite. That. Love that. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know. Todd wants that smoke as the kids would say. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Well played. Uh, boys, one more piece okay. of inane banter before sure. we get into the, uh, the, the topics du jour. I, I, I've got the Drover on my mind. I, mm-hmm. I am so fired up for the Drover right now. I'm thinking about, I was thinking about all my favorite things about the next month of our lives. And um, the no sleep is not my favorite part. But the, dro- the first meal at the Drover might be my favorite part. This is, this is how ubiquitous the Drover has gotten. Uh, I was on Sirius today, and, and Coach Neuheisel asked me what my go-to steak is at the Drover. <laughs> no way. Came out of left field. Oh, that's awesome. Good, good, good Rooms, on I you, think Coach what we Neuheisel. should do, since Aaron's you know, skipping out on us the first three or four days of the tournament, I think we should get all of our Drover trips in the first few days. Ooh. That way, we're already done with the Drover. So when he shows up, hey, sorry, dude, we've already you're, had enough. You're a bad guy. That's a bad – yeah, that's, that's, that's ill-intended. I say we just we – just, job it into a second trip like i think i think i think that's the strategy is we we play it into a second trip so i think i think you just skip the drover and just do steaks at kp's house and listen to berkey complain about how they're cooked (laughs) i will say i I will say it's a tradition like no other but i will be glad on opening weekend not to hear berkey and aaron argue about peyton manning and tom brady there's no argument anymore that's been put to bed that's right that's right berkey lost chris from louisville if you will he lost that argument so all right, boys, that's good. So we're, we're excited about the Drover. We'll come back to that topic. Let's let's get into the topic of college baseball. Right. Um, I so so we're taping Monday evening. Actually, we're, we're live Monday evening. And so we're going to be inundated like we're going to wake up tomorrow in the middle of conference tournaments. Um, but but the, the regular season championships are a big deal in our sport. Like I one of my one of the things I'm most proud of of my coaching career is that in 2000, we, we were um, champions of the Pac-10. And, and that was when Stanford was going to five straight Omahas. That's when UCLA had Chase Utley. Like, it was not easy. And we were co-champions, but, I mean, super proud of that. And, and I think about some of these these comp, these regular season champions, and, and you know, we, we just turned the page on them so fast. Um, and so I, I wanted to – we'll go around the horn, and let's just recognize some of them. So, like, for instance, Penn and St. Joe's, won their leagues now Penn won the 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 automatic bid too and you know being a Philly guy that pumps me up I know that Fritz Hamburg and those guys Ryan Wheeler at St. Joe's worked their butts off that's a very tough league to win the A-10 is a big league you know two teams have gone to super regionals Davidson and VCU in the last decade so good on the Hawks good on the Penn Quakers I'll start right there Fitzy let me go to you any regular season champions that that jump out at you yeah, I mean, Oral Roberts, guys, partying yes. like it's 1999 in the mid-con. <laughs> yes. uh, just running rough shot over the Summit League, 23-1. and one. Uh, Just utter utter domination for Oral Roberts, a team that I finished, what, 43 and – what are they? They won a lot of games, 43 and 11. Uh, I mean, you know, that's team – you know, it, it stinks for them that they got to win the automatic bid or they're not getting in because the RPI is still in the 70s. But um, I, I think they will. I think they're by far the best team, uh, as you can tell, in the Summit League. And our man Patrick Ebert has been all over him. He's written about him a couple times in the mid-major notebooks. And uh, uh, I, I look forward to seeing what they could do in a regional if they, if they can get through. I love it. We'll go around a couple. We'll do a couple turns here. Kendall, g- give me give me a couple, that are one or two, that jump out at you. 
Yeah, how about uh, the job that Jeff Duncan, your boy uh, Jeff Duncan, did at Kent State this year? Those guys hadn't won a conference championship in five years. They go forty and fourteen. They they had a twenty four and six record uh, in the Mid American Conference. And you know, what more impressive way to finish the season than what they did the final weekend? It's a good Ball State team on the road. Twenty nine runs, fourteen runs, eleven runs, just total domination. Uh, and again, this is a team with an RPI fifty one. So. As a as a MAC team, you're not you're not getting as an at large right now. But, but I tell you what, if they can make a run through that conference tournament, let's say they can get their RPI in that forty to forty four range, and let's say they lose the championship game, they would actually have a shot to get in. Like the metrics aren't great, but I mean that would be a very impressive overall record, very impressive aggregate conference record. Uh, and keep an eye on uh, Aiden Longwell for Kent State. He's having a fantastic year for them. 409 batting average, 10 home runs, 69 RBIs at a 1.143 OPS. Uh, Dunk has done a great job with flashes this year. And and you mentioned, you know, the the, uh, the, the chance for them to maybe be an at-large team if they don't win the automatic bid. Yeah. Remember Ball State a couple years ago was in a very similar position. They were clearly the team there mm-hmm. that we thought they should get in. We argued for them, I think, in our final yeah. projection. Um, we had a feeling they wouldn't get in because that league just never gets that kind of – they never get it, you know. That when when it comes push comes to shove, they don't get that extra respect from the committee. But it's kind of like the West Coast Conference. It feels like, you know, I mean, how many times have we seen the West Coast Conference champion be on the bubble and get snubbed? But uh, Ball State should have gotten in, in my opinion. And Kent State has a very similar profile. And right now, with a soft bubble, uh, I would have them well ahead of a, a lot of teams that, you know, are in our bubble discussion and, and maybe even no question uh, some that we have in the field. Well, and I, and I would urge the committee too. Like if you look at you know what some of the teams in this league, Central Michigan. You know, when they've gotten in the tournament, they fared really well and regionally. Mm-hmm. Like they've they've either lost really close games or actually, you know, won you know big games in regionals. So, you know, I think the team that wins this league is typically pretty good, and I yep. think it certainly seems to be the case with Kent State this year. So, keep an eye on those guys. Yep. Let me give you guys. I got a couple uh, that are top of mind for me. You know, the, the other I'll, I'll give you a topic. I won't mention any of these team these teams like a theme, but. There are some teams that have just been winning their league over and over and over again, and I'm I'm not going to mention some of them, and I don't want to give them short shrift, but like Army and Wright State come to mind where it's just like, God bless them for that level of consistency. You know, like that is not easy to do. Army just winning the automatic qualifier for the fifth straight year, yeah, and that's exactly. crazy hard to do. And that's after losing Connolly early, right? Virginia. Yeah. And, and so so Jeff Forehand is the head coach at Lipscomb. I don't know Jeff at all. And mm-hmm. I'm embarrassed. I don't know much about him. I know that Lipscomb hasn't been Division One the entire time he's been there. But, you know, they won the A-Sun, which is a very tricky league to win. And, and you know, we were all on Florida Gulf Coast all year and it's Chris, Chris Sale University. But you know, the, the bison out of Nashville won that thing. You know, I think about Moorhead State won the Ohio Valley, and SEMO has been the, the program on everyone's radar the last several years, as it should be. But, you know, Mick Aoki, who I, I think is a wonderful guy, and did a, you know, his career at Notre Dame didn't go perfectly. The 2015 team was excellent, and then they just couldn't capitalize on that traction. And it just, it, it was interesting to see Mick, who's, you know, he comes from all these academic backgrounds, takes a state school job at Moorhead yeah. state. And you're thinking, man, that's a weird fit. Can it work? And now they've won the um, Ohio Valley. And like, I was so, I, I sent Mick a text. I was so pumped for him. Cause it's, I, I love that when coaches can kind of recreate themselves. And then another one, I'll give you guys, Brad San Filippo at San Jose state. Yeah. That job is not impossible. It's harder than impossible, right? Like it just felt like 
the worst job in that league. And I, I don't know, it just seemed like a total graveyard. And they've just slowly built that up. And for them, now they tied for the league title, but for them to win the league title was really, really cool this year. So, Fitzy, any others jump out to you? Yeah, um, you know, Alabama State, the Hornets mm. just dominating the SWAC. 26 and four. We touched on this in the nerd cast last night, but 26 and four um, in, in conference play. They have a 122 RPI too, which is like really, it's just probably this as strong an RPI as I can remember for a SWAC team. It's just usually so hard for those teams to get up there. 39 wins overall. I mean, they've had some good teams. They've had a lot of talent over the years there um, with Coach Melendez, Coach Vasquez uh, kind of picking that up and, and running with it. And, and it's just, uh, you know, it's a, it's a really good, consistent program. And they've, they've built a certainly winning culture and continue to do so. Um, you know, even with Bethune Cookman now in that league and, and, you know, Bethune had a good year and it was, it was 20 and nine, second place, five and a half games back. I mean, it's just, you know, uh, Alabama State's a machine. Love it. KR? How about Loyola Marymount and the job that uh, Nathan Schultz done over there, guys? I mean, when you look at, you know, this is a program, this is their fourth regular season championship in school history. They were picked fifth in the WCC coming in the season. And not only did they win the league, guys, they won that league by four games. Yeah. Uh, they dominated that league. And so I think when you look at LMU, they're, they're one of those teams that, like, I, I hate to, to, to pick favorites in the WCC tournament, but I hope they win it because they have one of the best pitchers in college baseball, Diego Barrera. On Friday nights, I mean, you look at his numbers, you know, he's a, just a total command specialist, ERA under three, which in today's college baseball, an ERA under three is pretty incredible. Uh, you know, 88 strikeouts, just 10 – I think it's 10 walks in the season. Yeah, he has 10 walks and 92 and two-thirds innings of work. He's just a kind of a wow. funky lefty, six foot, 165. Like, that profile for me, guys, is like what college baseball to me is all about. Uh, guys yeah. like that, yeah. having years like that. And so I would love to see – Diego and LMU in the postseason. A great job by Schott and company. Love it. I'll, I'll, I'll wrap us up with a couple. Hey, did you guys know, like, if I read this right online, I don't think Samford had ever won the SOCOM before. Really? So Casey Dunn had taken them to three regionals, but it was oh. by winning the tournament, not by winning the regular season crown. So now That's I could be wrong game. about that, but... Um, you know, congrats to those guys and Tony David. And I felt like they were a little bit under my radar early in the year. I was very focused on Wofford, but that was a cool thing to see. Um, you know, I want to give a shout out to Coastal Carolina and Gary Gilmore. Like with everything he and that program have been through, they hadn't won the Sun Belt since 2018. And, and uh, you know, in arguably the most difficult year ever to win yeah. the Sun Belt, they win it, which is really cool. Um, you know, Grand Canyon fits in that category of teams that is just you know, kind of in, in an incredible run right now. They they come back and win the whack again. Um, DBU tra you know, transitions conferences and just, you know, kind of runs away, not kind of, I guess, runs away with Conference USA. Um, there was one more that I Nichols. wanted to – Ruth, can I give you – yeah, I was about to say yeah, yeah Nichols has, had not won a conference championship since 1985. How about, How about that? that? How about that? And, and, and you mentioned, you know, the ERA. I mean, Diego Barrera has, by the way, <clears throat> 2.33 in this day and age in college baseball. Very impressive. But Jacob Myers at Nichols, 8-1 and one with a 2.15 ERA. That's despite a, a high walk rate. Um, he got 53 walks and 62 innings. So that's a, a weird stat line. And and, and while we're at, at this particular topic, if I, if I may, another uh, another conference champion to, to, to highlight, your Wake Forest Demon Deacons, guys. Yes. Rhett Louder, 12 and 0, 1, 12 and 0, <laughs> 1.60 in the ACC in that bandbox of a ballpark. And Josh Hartle, 9 and 1, 
2.01. Are you kidding me? I mean, it's just, it's, you know, it's just in that utterly ballpark. Insane. In that ballpark, it's utterly insane. Utterly, utterly mind-blowing. Yeah, that, that is crazy. So, so I love that you brought up Wake, though, Fitzy, because, like, we've talked about them a lot. They've certainly gotten their share of love. But at the same time, this has been a long time coming this season. Like, Wake didn't build this season in one off season. They have taken a lot of punches to get here. I think about West Virginia, and I know they had an awful weekend last weekend. It was really their first fart of the season, right? Like, West Virginia had been <laughs> awesome all year. And uh, well, it's a you know, take, Bruce. thanks a lot. Yeah. Fart in church, it's never good luck, but uh, so so you know, West Virginia for them to win, it's got to be the first time they've won the Big 12 in baseball, right? Like, I, I there's no way they've won the Big 12 in that's baseball correct. before, and I, so I, I, without I, even checking, I'm sure that's correct, certain that's the case. So, good on them, you know. And I know the fan base was pretty, you know, it was that was probably pretty jarring last weekend, but they got a chance to reset themselves, and um, you know, Indiana State, I think about Indiana State in this way. Like for years, they've had this really good program, but you're always like the bridesmaid in the Valley, right? There's the powerhouse Wichita State. And then as soon as they get out, DBU comes in and steals everybody's thunder. And, you know, for Indiana State to have this incredible season, one more I got for you guys, Central Connecticut State. Charlie Hickey might be the best coach in America that we don't talk about enough. He was the head coach at Providence when they dropped baseball. He's been at CCSU for a long time. Go Blue Devils. And just, I, I think Charlie Hickey's been to seven regionals. Something insane like that, despite being in the same conference as Bryant forever. Um, that, that's right, right? They were, Bryant was in the Northeast and now Bryant's in America East. Yeah, it used to be the, the, the Bryant Athletic Conference, you might recall yeah, yeah. from the Nerdcast. Yeah, now, that's now right. it's, it's definitely the Blue Devil Athletic Conference. This is domination here. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Any any ones I missed there, boys? I think we kind of got got them all. Yeah, Fairfield. You know, Bill Courier and uh, yeah. Fairfield. What they what they've done this year is pretty impressive. You know, obviously they were the storyline a couple of years ago. Uh, Thirty four and 16, 16 and five, and then Mac. So uh, they did a great job. Second A is for wow. awesome. And yes, seven regionals for Charlie Hickey in twenty three years or something. Isn't that pretty awesome? I mean, pretty good. Not easy. So, I mean, we go up and down the list. Like, you know, you did that. You said this on the last pod, Kendall, and I thought it was astute. Was David Pierce at Texas, right? Like, just for them to even get a share of the league based on everyone they lost. um, Yeah, it's cool. It's you know what? Let's let's put a bow on it with this, guys. Like, Florida's players. We're watching the end of I don't know what game when they were at Kentucky. Uh, Vanderbilt, Arkansas. That's right. Because they needed Vandy to beat Arkansas to share the championship. And when that happened, the Florida players lost their minds. And that tells you everything you need to know about how important regular season championships are. So It's a long season, man. Yeah. You put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into this this stuff. And I know people, you know, it's all about Omaha. But, you know, the the championships are important too. By, By the way. I'm going to throw one more team in there from a power conference. Uh, we talk about teams that dominated the leagues. How about a shout out to Stanford? Yeah. Winning yeah. the Pac 12 by five games. That's extremely impressive. Domination. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Incredible. So, yeah. So there you go. So, wanted to tip our hats to the uh, regular season champs. 
Mm -hmm. So there you go. Um, boys, let's do this. Let's transition to, I just want to set like for, for my own brain and for the listeners, let's talk about conference tournament week. So let's hey, start here. Go, go ahead, Fizzy. Runes, I'm sorry. Um, did you talk okay. about Coastal? I know you, there's another team that you I wanted. I did. To yeah, I, I did. Okay. Yep. Yep. Like yep. Blacked out so, so no, you're good. What I was saying about Coastal was it's their first title. <laughs> they did win the Sun Belt in 2018, but this Sun Belt is different. And, you know, and, and, I, I don't know when Gary Gilmore's cancer diagnosis began. It feels like it was right in that time, but it's been a long journey for Coastal and for Coach mm -hmm. Gilmore. And so, you know, obviously one of all of our favorite people in the sport. So, um, yes, good, good, good call out and reiteration there, Fitzy. By the way, Fitzy, you, we, we, we do such a great job with big words on this podcast. Did you pronounce it ubiquitous? Is that how you, so you say like yeah. you, right? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> I always want to use that word because I'm so proud of myself for knowing what it means now, but I feel like I always say ubiquitous. I always want to say it. And I, I, it's like the kid going off the high dive on the pool. It's like, I want to do it. And then I see how high up it is. And I'm like, eh, let's not use that word. I feel like, I feel like coach runes plays up the Rube card here. I mean, come on. You went to Malvern prep runes. You know, all these big quote unquote, big words. Give me a break. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was a smarter person back at Malvern Prep. I don't know what's happened over the years. Too much red wine, I suppose. Um, all right. So that's good. Good transition. Ubiquitous. I feel like I just got better there. All right. You, everyone just got better for that. Um, all right. Danger zone review is what I have written on my piece of paper here, or I should say on my tablet. I don't even use paper anymore. Yeah. Hey, yo. Yeah. Yeah. Coach Rooney. Um, danger zone review. So, so if I'm a fan here are the, if I'm a fan of a program on the bubble, here are the six teams I'm rooting for. And then two other conference tournaments that I've got my eyeballs on. Right. So I am a UConn fan. They got to win the big East. I am an East Carolina fan. They got to win the American. I am a Campbell fan. They got to win the big South. I am a DBU fan. They got to win conference USA. I'm an Indiana state fan. They got to win the Valley tournament. And I'm a Northeastern fan. We really need them to win the Colonial, right? Because UNCW yep. is not in currently, right? Yeah, they would be in that kind of Kent State category as a team that's kind of like hanging lurking. around, lurking. Yeah. If they Loitering. they won their regular season title, they actually beat out Northeastern for the regular season title of the CAA. And I think if they can make a run maybe to the finals and they don't win it, um, I could see them getting in. And again, I would have them along with Kent State ahead of some of the bubble teams that we do have in our field this week. But um, it's but it's certainly a bubble case with a yeah. mid-50s RPI, I believe. Yep. Yeah, We're that's right. Sunbelt as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the two conferences I was going to bring up, KR, were the fun belt, like you just said, like you really need the core three to win the fun belt, right? Like you need Troy, mm -hmm. Coastal or Southern Miss or else that becomes a four bid league. And that's a problem if you're on the bubble. And then the Big Ten, right? You also need the core mm -hmm. three. You need Iowa, Indiana or Maryland to win that. By the way, there's another conference champ, Maryland back to back. Haven't lost a series in the Big Ten since 2021. How about that? Maryland won't lose a Big Ten series until 2024 if they lose a series in 2024. How cool is that? And it's not like they had a particularly easy conference schedule. I mean, if you look mm -hmm. at their conference schedule, they played all the good teams and they just beat them. Yep. So do you guys feel like that's a pretty solid um, depiction of the danger zone? Like if I'm if I'm glancing around at tournaments and stuff? Yes, I think that's spot on. I'm trying to see if you missed anybody. I think that's well said. What, well what if Fullerton, what if Fullerton, well, mm. never mind. 
I mean, no, it's a good point, Kendall. If Fullerton <laughs> wins the automatic bid, then Santa Barbara and Irvine, like that goes from two to three. That's a good one, actually. Yeah, okay. and, yeah. yeah. I was about I to say that's... the Big West tournament, then I caught myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be in Get a 20, tournament. 2052 is when their tournament is scheduled for. So, yeah, you need to root for the Gauchos, basically, yeah, for the bubble yeah. team. By the way, one more, one more sidelight on here, and then we'll get to the Power Four tournaments. If I, because I'm, I'm going to do the Big 12 this week. Kendall, you and I will be at Globe Life. One and of the stitch. things I'm going to do, say it again. And Stitch Head. And Stitch, yes, the great Stitch. He'll, he'll be the drunk guy in the stands. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, he's the only person, he's the only male in America in the year 2023 who's taking pictures of himself drinking beers <laughs> on the clock. It is awesome. Like, <laughs> can you imagine if I did that in my medical sales job? Holy hell. <laughs> I don't think working for up. Barstool. Come on. <laughs> It's so great. Oh, it's he is the Dosekis man of college baseball. Um, oh gosh, what the hell was I gonna say? I have no idea. Big 12 tournament. Uh, yes. So if I was the Big 12 SIDs, what I would do is I would take your like playing 24 league games, I think it's a massive disadvantage. It's a like like what are, Oklahoma's eleven and thirteen feels infinitely worse than AM's 14 and 16. Like it feels miles apart. And it's really not that far apart. So if I was, if I, maybe I'm just a simpleton, but if I was a big 12 SID, I would take my league record and I would extrapolate it over 30 games just, just to not have, like, it, it's almost like marketing, right? Like if something costs $401, it feels more expensive than something that costs $398. Am, am I, am I just sniffing glue over here? Or do you think there's something there? that <laughs> he's smirking at me <laughs> yeah, i mean you know listen next was it next year that the, the league gets reformed uh and you get a, a bunch of 20 25 i think yeah, i don't who know could, Kendall, who could, who who could say, truly. Who next, say uh so texas i know you have one more year in the league but byu houston and houston. cincinnati join next year what about ucf and ucf so all uh, so BYU, Cincinnati, UCF are in the league next year. So they've got a bunch Ooh, of teams. So they've got thirteen nice. this year for one year, and then they go down to eleven. Is that how that that's working? Yes. Thanks a lot, Iowa State. By the way, jeez, losers. You and Colorado killing the drill. Listen, so. is there any Iowa State fans listening right now? I mean, that's a loser athletic program. I said it. <laughs> uh, if you want to change my mind. Get a damn baseball team. Let's go. Let's go. By the way, Drew, trivia for you. Who was the last Iowa State head baseball coach? That's a great question. Rune, you know this. Come on. Jeff Duncan was on the team because we, we picked like he was we picked him up as a transfer to Arizona State. Uh gosh, I have no idea. This is where idea. my original Big 12 roots come into play. Oh yeah, Ken. Look know. at you yeah. showing off. I like it. I don't know. What do you got? Lyle Smith. Yeah, that's <laughs> What 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 has become of Lyle Smith? What I have what, no I, idea. Oh, Selling man. insurance somewhere. I'll be googling Lyle Smith. Uh, maybe he's working call. on the Kurt the Kurt Reed agency. Uh, we're gonna come back to Kurt Reed. Hold that. Uh, no, but you know on that on that final team, I want to say they had Alan Bomer, who ended up at Texas. I think they had Spencer Allen. Yeah, he was on that team. I know that. And they had Aaron. Oh, right. They had Aaron Runk, who was like a first or second team All American. Like they were legit. Like they made a run at the Big 12 tournament that year. Go Cyclones. Look at that. Oh, man, that is awesome. Hey, everyone. We're going to take a quick break from our discussion to hear a couple ads from our sponsors. All right. So let's do this, boys. Boy, that was a nice sidelight right there. So let's, let's do the Power Four, you know, the Big Four tournaments, and let's do, um, 
give me a general theme and then some injuries to watch. And I'll, I'll start us off with the Pac-12. Yeah. Pac-12 general themes are Arizona State, Oregon, USC are in the field as we sit here today, but they're in the perfect world field. They're in the utopian yeah. field, right? Which Indeed. we know will not exist a week from now. Indeed. So- and, and I think USC is clearly at the head of that trio. I, I just, even though their RPI is, is, is borderline makes mm-hmm. me want to lose my mind. Um, they're, they're shout out Madonna. Uh, <laughs> Uh, well, they're, they're you know with their conference record and well, they get the 17 conference wins um they're they're in the best shape and they've played they played better lately than, than those other teams have yep i had oregon ahead of usc but i think i would rethink that position it's uh it, it's more an rpi leaning by me mm-hmm. as far as big injuries to keep your eye on you know stanford's got nothing to play for oregon state playing for a host right like yeah, that i mean i think if i think if oregon state can win a couple of games in this tournament like uh I think they start with Arizona, Arizona State, if I'm not, not mistaken. Yeah, they're in that pod, yes. That's so if correct. they win those two games, I, I mean, I'll say this. I think if they win those two games, they should host. Yeah. I would ha- I would have them in a position where they should be hosting. Boy, they if they beat Arizona State, Arizona State has got a big problem. Like, that is – this is a big week yeah. for Arizona State. Um, and I would say the big injury top of mind for me is – Jay Stoffel of Oregon that when he went down he was he was so important yeah. to their pitching staff and it is mm. is collapsed by the way on Oregon State they're like 27 and 8 in their last 35 games like they are hot yeah, as a pistol they have five players with double digit home runs their offense was a big question mark I heard you say on a previous podcast Fitzy you know that they they really do their, their starting pitching's opener ish which I think is well said but their bullpen is really good they got a great freshman low slot joker and AJ Hutchinson. So I think, I think those are the themes, you know, it's like Oregon state playing for hosts, those other teams playing for safety, Arizona state playing for their lives. And Jay Stoffel is the big injury that I'm very curious about. Yeah. yeah. I've got Arizona state circled in this tournament. I just think when you look at their non-conference resume with the series loss in Mississippi state, I, I think that series sweep going 0-3 against Irvine at home is going to loom extremely large on selection Monday, if they don't make a big statement this week, that's the series I kind of circle as a one that could kind of be the death knell for them. If they don't make a run here. Yep. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys saw it this way, but for me, Irvine has to be ahead of USC and Arizona state in the pecking order. They're five and zero against those two teams. I'm good with so- that. Even with their conference standing, I, I love the fact they went out and played a, a really challenging non-conference schedule yep. and they won a majority of those games. Yeah, I agree. Eight Fitzy, and one, I think, against the pack overall. Yeah, that's right. I believe. Totally. Yeah, they they were eight and zero, and then lost that that midweek to Arizona. Fitzy, uh, dealer's choice. Pick a pick one of the big three that are left, and and uh, give us some themes and a, a theme or themes and an injury or two that jump out. Yeah, I'll go ACC since that's where I'm I'm going to be this week. Uh, uh, home game models liking this one for Fitzy a week in his Love own it. bed. Yeah, um, you know, there's a lot at stake here. I mean, you know, obviously, I think the the big storyline for me is probably um, the hosts. You know, can we sort out this Boston College, Duke, um, Miami, you know, kind of group here? Right now, it feels like. Well, I guess Miami's probably more like in the safe group now. You've got Wake Forest as a host, Virginia, Clemson, and Miami, and then I feel like you've got uh, Duke and BC probably competing for for one more for the ACC. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I think that probably which, whichever one of those teams fares better this week probably 
would, would get one. And there's no guarantee they're going to get five hosts, but I think they probably will. Um, so that's, that's a major theme. Certainly you've got NC State fighting for their, their postseason lives. I mean, it's an interesting profile now. 13 wins in the ACC typically gets you on the board. Mm-hmm. And from there, you know, I mean, the, the RPI factors in and you got a 26 RPI, so they're fine there. Um, and then it's, you know, how do we do in the conference tournament? They need to win probably two games, I think. And then I think they probably get in. Um, so, but, you know, maybe one-on-one in pool play, maybe that gets them in. A, it's an interesting case. It's a team that I think will make a run. Um, I think I still believe in them. I have just not been able to quit those guys this year, even though they've been a, a significant letdown. Um, and so I expect them to make some noise. And then uh, injury, top of mind here for me, Runes. Uh, we talked about it before the show. But Vance Honeycutt. Vance Honeycutt has been out yep. for, I think, the last four games. Yep. Uh, talking with our, our friend Pat James, who, who covers this team and, and, and does some work with us. Um, you know, run a lot of our social media stuff. Um, but he, he, has a, he has a UNC baseball podcast, which is, which is really well, oh, cool. well informed. Uh, he said that he's, he talked to, to Scott Forbes about this, and, and it was Forbes reiterated today that he's day to day. It's just it called it a lower body issue, whatever the heck that means. Uh, but, uh, you know, theoretically, he should he should be a factor this week. And, you know, I mean, hey, North Carolina has, has gotten hot and won this thing before. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they're frisky. They're frisky. You know, yeah. Both those teams, UNC and NC State, you would think are going to have very good crowds at the DBAP. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, again, sleep in their own beds, home game models. Uh, those are good things. Yeah. And, uh, I, I think that either one of those teams could, could make a run through this tournament. Fitzy, uh, let me throw a couple more injuries in there. Jack Penny from Notre Dame has got a bad shoulder. I think he's unlikely to play. And Jack Finley is already out for the year for Notre Dame. And it does feel like Notre Dame is, they're, they're like very, loosely in the mix you guys had them in but barely right yeah one of those yeah i i had them against bc last weekend and it is like i i came in there thinking man like i was i guess i'll just say it out loud like in one part of my heart was like hey notre dame is a team that probably shouldn't get in because you already know their best is behind them like jack finley they don't go to omaha without jack finley last right. year like that dude right. is a stud He's and then the jack penny being hurt but i'll tell you like but the, where I landed on Notre Dame is that, you know, like the 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 Jack Ziskas and the Brooks Coatsies and Carter Potts and, a, you know, uh, Aiden Terrell and Zach um, Preisner. Yeah. Like these kids, it's the single best class in the history of Notre Dame baseball. Two super regionals in Omaha, a regular season title. And it's like these kids won't let Notre Dame just wither away. So I'm really torn on that. But you could see NC State coming up and grabbing that from them. Um, I feel like there was, oh, Andrew I, Healy of Duke is another injury. Can I just say, um, yes. I mean, I assume all those Notre Dame kids are going to go to med school after this and maybe get a PhD and an MD because obviously none of them want to go get a job because they've just been around <laughs> for like seven years. For Pete's sake, guys, grow up. I'll be working for them someday soon. That's the way it's going to work. Oh, gosh. So, yeah, a lot of intrigue and, and, and a lot of good craft beers to be had at Durham. It is such a cool tournament, such a yeah. good, such a cool part. If you're in town for the AC tournament, we, you can you can walk to several breweries. We got Full Steam yeah. up there, Bull, uh, Dirty Bull. We got uh, High Wire. We got all kinds of good stuff happening. 
Do they still have Coors Light at those establishments, Fitzy? Get Is the that... heck out of here, Coach Rooney. <laughs> you know that's better. They, that's all they serve at Cut and Shoot. No, at the Cut and Shoot Time to Spare Bowling Alley, they serve Bud Heavies. They serve Budweiser beer, and that's I don't it. think and they're no... serving Bud Light and Cut and Shoot. I, I feel like anytime I'm at, <laughs> like anytime I'm, I'm at one of these breweries and, and like there's a big event in town or something, I feel bad for the bartenders because every you know how many they probably have ten times an hour they got to say, oh no, sorry, we don't have. <laughs> the silver bullet but we can offer you this pilsner which is like the closest thing we have and it's like they've got that line on on autopilot oh. roots can i just say that i want you to do a social experiment and go and go in the time to spare and ask for a bud light what do you what do they serve in there just shots i of don't know bourbon Probably <laughs> not bud light. is it like wyatt earp times like you just <laughs> have it just shot glasses it's it's schlitz only if you want beer pbr man Oh, that's so good. One, one, one final thought on the ACC. If you're, if you're a person out there that's mocking the format, the pool play, and all the seeds, oh. I'm just telling you, you got to try it. Because I did the same thing, but you get there, and all these great players are in one amazing facility. And then when you get to Saturday for the single elimination games, it feels like you're at the high school state basketball tournament where it's you know sink or swim, single elimination. It's electric. I saw Clemson and Florida State play in that game several years ago, and it was like the stadium was buzzing. It was freaking awesome. It was so cool. And I love the cadence all week long, too. You know you're going to have three games a day. Um, You know, nobody burns out their arms. And, like, it's – yeah, sure. Is it less intense than the SEC tournament? Sure. Absolutely it is. But it's not that bad of a thing. It's not that bad of a thing for not to be that intense because the games that really matter are next week. And if you are a team fighting for your life, if you're NC State or if you're – a team off the bubble like Virginia Tech or Georgia Tech, like you can go out there and be as tense as you want and make a run and go win the damn thing. And but like it's just the the, the vibe is fantastic. Um, yeah. I, I'm the over under on number of Twitter questions or co- comments I hear this week complaining about the damn dead games and the pool play format is probably 400. <laughs> and I'm just going to unsubscribe. I, I'm I'm done with the conversation. I'm just going to tell everybody to at Aaron Fit. Obviously, the coaches like it, or they would have changed it. They've been doing this for some time now. They like it for a reason. It's good. Yeah. Uh, that's all yeah. I got. You'll like it if you if you do it in person. Questions like that on Twitter, Fitzy, oh. they're ubiquitous. Ubiquitous. Well Thank said. You. Hey, yo, Kendall, give us the give, take us to Hoover. Talk, give yeah, us some so I just think we look at the yeah. I, mean, I think when you look at the SEC, it's pretty clear, crystal clear what the storyline is here. You know, this week we had Auburn, um, you know, Kentucky, Alabama, all in as hosts. I think you could look at Tennessee and South Carolina as two other teams to watch. And so you got five teams for really, I think, three spots. I don't think I don't think four of those five are getting host sides. So you've got five teams for three spots. And you know, you have what uh, you know, four of those teams won 16 games in conference, Auburn won 17. So which three teams out of those five kind of set themselves apart this week? I think Auburn for me probably enters the weekend in the strongest position. I just think when you look at the way they finished the season, series went at South Carolina, series went at home against LSU. I think they're in really good shape. And, you know, for me, I think I look at South Carolina in the, you know, in the in the sense of like, like what how would they look from an injury standpoint? This mm-hmm. is a team that, you know, well noted that they've been banged up all year long. And, you know, like – is Will Sanders starting tomorrow? They haven't. I don't think they've announced a starter for tomorrow. So, like, what what do they look like tomorrow when they line up? Uh, I think they play the, the first game in the morning. So, you know, Kentucky and Auburn obviously, you know, kind of lead the charge of that group. But uh, just very curious to see what happens there. And then two other storylines for me: A uh, and M. 
uh, being, you know, I wouldn't even call them a bubble team right now because the bubble is so small. Obviously, as we go into the week, they'll kind of evolve into a bubble team if they lose tomorrow. But I do think if A&M wins tomorrow, I think they're in. Like, I don't, I don't think there's any really any real question whether or not the Aggies get in. And then Georgia sitting at 11 and 19 RPI 37. There's zero doubt they're going to have to go on a big run here in Hoover to make the field. But guess what? They are starting Jaden Woods tomorrow mm. uh, in the opener of the SEC tournament. So getting him back from injury, does that kind of give them a boost? Because, you know, if he can give them a strong start, all of a sudden things may change. You know, the complexion of that team may change just a little bit. So keep an eye on Georgia a little bit. And when you say – they need to make a big run to get in. What we mean by that is they have to win the automatic bid because they went 11 and 19. I don't yeah. just getting to Sunday. Ain't going to do it. You don't get in at 11 and 19. I don't care. Yep. Yeah. But I mean, if they got to Sunday, that would mean their aggregate would be 15 and 19. Still not good enough. Probably not. But I mean, their RPI at that point would be about 23 to probably 22 to 25. Right now hey, let's it's 27. It all depends recap. on the bubble. Let's recap some injuries in, in this tournament. So you mentioned South Carolina is going to have a lot of eyeballs on him. Like Will McGillis, yeah. is he back? Is Wimmer? Um, is it Braylon? What, what's Wimmer's first name? Brandon Braylon? Braylon Wimmer. Braylon. Is he, I always want to call him Chris's dad. Um, is he uh, incredible shortstop at Wichita State, by the way? Is, you know, is he still DHing? Is he, I think yeah. he's really important to them. Um, yes. You know, uh, on the mound, it you know Sanders is the story. Vanderbilt, Carter Holton sounds like he's an absolute no go. But does Hunter Owen throw? Yeah. Um, Kentucky seems fairly healthy. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say South Carolina to me, if just from a committee perspective, and we talked about this in the Nerdcast a lot, but just their whole situation is just fascinating because they clearly finished the season on a bad note, right? But I mean, they won 16 SEC games. They won nine. They're nine. They have 19 wins against top 50, and their RPI is six. So the overall, and they have a non-conference series win over a top eight national seed in Clemson. So I mean, the overall body work is fantastic. It's just they finished the season in very poor fashion in the SEC. So yeah. I, I can't imagine being the committee and trying to size up South Carolina because you could say, well, they finished I will. the season in bad shape. But I mean. On the metrics that you set forth as the criteria, there's six in the country. And but here's the problem. Get over. Here's the problem. They stink right now. Yeah. <laughs> they have been a to stinky, a stinky yeah. cheese for the last month. Yeah. Uh, they lost four straight series, two and nine in their last 11. They're not the same team they were when they were steamrolling people. And, 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 yeah. and it's like, I get it. You can make excuses and say, oh, well, the injuries. And you're right. That's definitely a reason that they have not, that they have struggled is there, they have had injuries. Yeah. But I mean, like, that is still a factor. Like those things haven't gone away. And so you factor in momentum with the fact that they're just not one of the 16 best, they're not even close to one of the 16 best teams right now. They're just playing not. And you've got it's all these other teams in, in the league with similar overall cases here maybe some of the metrics aren't as good but some of the other metrics are and they're all 16 wins you know talk about alabama and tennessee and you know, auburn has 17 wins like so that that part is about the same they're all host worthy in the rpi i'm going to take the team that hasn't stunk for a month i mean that's you know like for me they're last in this pecking order well here's my and, question yeah. well i mean here's my question real quick is like for you two like we all have our different opinions but like what is the magic number? Like, if they beat Georgia and they beat LSU, is True. that it? Are yep. they are they in? I, I think that probably mitigates the damage from the last yeah. month because of all the reasons you said. They do have a lot of good data points. They absolutely do. Um, you know, their overall body work 
but we need some, we need a, we need a, a proof of life right now. Like, you know, that's what I need to see. I need a couple of wins to show me that this is, this team is not just moribund. Lose. Yeah. Yeah. Like I actually, I'm, I'm out totally on them outside uh, as a host outside of like the other teams around them crumbling. I'll tell you why, like the, the, um, cause even if they win those two games, there's losses coming, right? Like they're, you know, like they're going to win two and then lose two unless they win the whole thing or win two and lose one. Here's where I'm struggling with South Carolina is I don't want to punish them for the two and nine finish if their overall body work is great. And, you know, like the sweep five and one versus Florida and Clemson is very loud. But where I'm but what I where I landed is that their this streak has affected their overall body of work. They're four, five, and one in SEC series. Yeah, I don't think true. you can be four, five, and one in your league series and host. Like that just feels yeah. not so good, good to me. So what about Kentucky? Like this is the other fascinating case. Not to get all nerdcasty on this yeah. thing, but like I thought it was interesting when Kendall was talking about the hosts. Kendall, I believe you lumped Kentucky in as one of those five teams competing for three spots, right? Because we have Florida, Vandy, Arkansas, LSU as our four definites. And then you ha- it, would, it would be Kentucky, Tennessee, South Carolina, Auburn, Alabama as the five for, for three spots, right? Is that math? Yeah. Check out. Yeah. Which, like, I, you know, I, I kind of feel like Kentucky with a number two RPI and, and 16 wins in the league, like, feels like, an, like a slam dunk host. But then, like, didn't they lose more conference series than they won also, Roos? Yeah, they're four and six. I, they're, they're, they're three. Yeah. It's a very fair question. Coach Farron did that to me earlier. Same thing. Like, hey, how can you be so? How can you walk away from South Carolina and not walk away from Kentucky? It is the perfect question. By the way, I think the committee will spend more time on South Carolina than any other single team in the field. Like, th- this is such a difficult um, digestion of a team. But where I where, yeah. where I would take Kentucky is they did sweep South Carolina. Yes, they are playing the same way they've been playing all year. Like, I feel like I can trust. Kentucky um I I think those they have the, they have and, lost, and it's a better RPI they have lost four of the last five well five of their last six series six of their last seven series excuse me good god hold on let me make sure I get this right One, yeah that's two, right no that's right three six of their last seven series in in between there is the sweep of South Carolina but and, and you know to their credit they weren't swept the last two weekends so yeah. like good for them but I mean what? like yeah. yeah, yeah what's actually, fascinating yeah. about that? So like, what's fascinating about this league in general is like A&M, for instance, a, that, a team that we're thinking needs to win tomorrow to assure themselves in, they won two more series in conference play than Kentucky did. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Not only that, but they beat Kentucky on the road. So that's just interesting to me. But I will say this about South Carolina real quick, just going back to the Gamecocks just for a second. They're gonna if they can beat Georgia, they're gonna they're gonna luck out big time because there's no way Jay Johnson's throwing Paul Skeens on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I mean, and without Paul Skeens, LSU is more than beatable. So I mean, they could actually, I mean, they could go on a run in this thing if they can just win that first game against Georgia because they're. I mean, I I kind of consider that 50-50 with LSU with how bad their pitching's been outside of Paul Skeens. Yeah, I, I just think it's all moot. Like this is the argument we have to have because we're trying to pick a field. But here's the bottom line for South Carolina: if they can get healthy and be get back to the team they were a month and a half ago, or even get near it, they could yeah. win go on the road and go to Omaha. Like yep. they're totally capable of that. Yep. Uh, so this is kind of like a this is the argument we have. This is the alligator closest to the boat, I suppose. If but if, if they get sent to Conway, let's say, as the two yeah. seed. Um, that's a good setup for them because they're going to have way Seriously. more fans than Coastal. It'll be like a home game. Uh, that's happened before when, when South Carolina went to Coastal in a regional. 
Uh, their fans just invaded it. And also that ballpark plays great for the way South Carolina is built. It's a homer dome and they hit a lot of homers. And so eh, it's food for thought. I mean, they could yeah. be a good draw for no, no offense. Coastal. That'd be a really good draw for South Carolina. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But by the way, my advice for South Carolina fans, let, let the rest of the season play out before you tag Mark Kingston and tweets directed Ridiculous. at me, please. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you and good night. All right. So f- let's finish injuries in the SEC. So Arkansas is always interesting. Wagner has not played yet, I don't think. So, you yeah. know, Arkansas is a team. I check their box scores every time just because I want to see who's healthy. Auburn is really interesting on the mound because they've I heard that Herber Holtz didn't start last weekend or maybe I got that wrong. But our, Auburn is fascinating, right? Because is, is it Tommy? Who is the rotation? Right. <laughs> they have they've got Tommy Vale. Tommy Vale. Tommy Vance also threw really well last weekend. Yeah, he threw great. They have one, two, three, four. They have six dudes who have made more than five starts. So, um, yeah, like I'm, I'm eyeballing Auburn because I don't think they have great depth on the mound, but they might have just yeah. enough. Um, I, li- I like their side of the bracket a lot. Like with Alabama, Kentucky, Missouri, then Auburn. Mm. I think they can. I think they can go on a run here. Actually, that's a great point. I, I should have looked at the the the, the brackets before I made my. Yeah, I mean, so play Vandy. You know, Vandy with all their pit, you know, with a couple of their arms banged up, like they're not going to see one of Vandy's studs in the second game. Can Can I just say, how weird is the Tommy Vale thing? Like, <laughs> sixth year, sixth year guy, right? He's been he started his career at Notre Dame. Like, yeah, he's fine. You know, he did some good things. He did some good things, but he was like not like a core piece. I mean, I guess he had right. one the one year we had five saves, like a back end guy, and then he goes to TCU. And what twelve innings? I don't know if he was. I can't remember the deal there. He was hurt. Yeah, last he's year. really battled injury. Like he's he's yeah. been injured several times in his career. He's injured at Notre Dame. He was injured. But it's interesting that he never has been a great strike thrower. He's been yeah. kind of a above average arm strength lefty guy. And now he's throwing great strikes. You yeah. know, it's yeah. it's uh it's interesting. Well, I mean, it's, it's still thirty six walks and sixty one innings. So like that's not totally. Oh, that's not uh, awesome yeah. strikes. No, but, but 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 it's like the result. You know, he's their right. He's he's their best guy, right? Like, yeah. isn't he? I mean, their best yeah. starter. It's weird. That's just. Weird I mean, also their best starter if he's throwing strikes, right? Like he's got ridiculous arm strength. That's like fair. Yeah, he was throwing up, up to ninety eight against Missouri. It was absolute cheese. So, um, Maroons. Speaking of hosting. Yes. Let's move to the Big Twelve real quick because yes. we've got quite. Hey, a let lot me give, let me give you the themes okay. for the Big Twelve, and then you can you can okay. uh, fill in my details. That's really there's cool there's two it. themes. There's two themes in the Big Twelve. You've got Oklahoma State, Texas, and West Virginia playing for two hosts, mm-hmm. hopefully for them. Right? I think three is a, would it would take some really weird not stuff for them to get three. I'm yeah, that's a, that's what because it because you assume that one of those three teams is not going to have a good tournament. So those three teams playing for two hosts is the best case scenario. And then the other four teams, Texas Tech, TCU, Kansas State, and OU, playing for, um, for bids. And, and you, your guys' latest projection had a very favorable uh, projection for the Big 12. Two hosts and seven teams in. I mean, that's a, for a nine-team league, that's a hell of a, hell of a haul. Softest um, bubble in history, Runes. Yeah, really so far. Running. So far. Yeah, as you guys said on the Nerdcast today, <laughs> it, it's soft today. It, it, gets, it hardens quickly. Um, you know, I think on the injury side, um, I don't know that I can think of a big injury. Nolan McLean is back for Oklahoma State. He did miss 18 games, but he's back. Um, OU, Dakota Harris missed 13 games. They were four yeah. and nine when he was out. He's back. That's big. Texas is, you know, Tanner Witt is getting his pitch count up, up, up. It, it won't be massive. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, but hey, to your point, Kendall, and fill in any details you want, there is a lot to play for at Globe Life. Yeah, I mean, they're kind of in charted territory here, but like Texas Tech is a team that's front of mind for me. Um, I think when you look at Texas Tech right now with an RPI 44, losing record against top 25, losing record against top 50, um, losing road record, uh, really iffy finish in conference. They're a team that I think if they struggle in Arlington, they could they could find their way not only on the bubble but out of this whole thing uh, if they don't play well in Arlington. Yeah. yeah, could see that. Runes, you made an interesting point in our group chat today, I believe. Uh, who knows what day it is? I don't know. <laughs> who could, uh, say? Who could say? Truly, uh, about Oklahoma and 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 their resume. How it? I think that was you who made this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it kind of rivals. A&M's just a little yes. bit in that like Oklahoma does have wins over they have two wins over Stanford they have a sweep of Texas like those are five loud wins that yeah. Oklahoma has that a lot of the bubble teams don't really like I'll pick on Arizona State right now Arizona State doesn't have five wins that compare to the five wins I just mentioned oh. for yeah Oklahoma Arizona State five and 14 against the top 50 <sighs> Oklahoma 12 and 11. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a dramatic difference. You know, uh, Oklahoma also um, ahead of Arizona State in the RPI. The only knock on them really is that they finished in seventh, the two games under 500 in the league, which is the same conference, yeah, but roughly comparable to AM going 14 and 16 in its league. And so I think your point was well taken. I hadn't really thought about it that way, but yeah, they're, they're kind of, they are pretty comparable to, to AM really. I mean, it's, uh, uh, could this league get seven? I mean, I think there's actually a decent shot that they could. yeah yeah it's it's very it's gonna be very interesting well it's gonna be fun boys and the best part is tomorrow morning when we wake up there will be college baseball let us um let us wrap with a couple things i got a couple housekeeping items for you boys so first of all our second sponsor uh, all year with the uh the podcast has been blast baseball if you're ready to dominate the plate blast baseball is trusted by more mlb and college teams than any other hitting solution the blast sensor attaches to the knob of any bat mm-hmm. providing real-time feedback with every swing if you go to blastmotion.com and enter the code d1 baseball at checkout you will save $10. That's blastmotion.com. Enter the code D1 baseball at checkout and save $10. I mean, it's really, you're, you're getting legit feedback on, you know, your, your son or yourself swing. It's, it's, that's, that's cool stuff. The other thing I would tell you is, as we enter the postseason, we, we, Kendall is just giving away the farm right now. He's literally, I don't know what got into you, KR. Coupon I don't know. Kendall. Yeah, coupon Kendall, for God's sakes. But right now, if you type in save 30, save 30, you get 30% off of D1Baseball.com. It's got to be an annual, though, right, KR? It's got to be an annual, but it's well worth it. For SEC Extra. And I'm telling you, this is what you need in the postseason. What you need is you you need your multiple windows, like Fitzy would teach you. Uh, you know, like as many windows as you can get on, get in your house. Right. So we want a window for scores. We want a window for the stats page, right? I want to look up, Hey, how many steals does JJ Weatherholt have this year? Um, I want, you know, for, for player pages, I want fall reports. I think if you run into a team in the postseason, like army and Penn have uh, you know, that we don't have fall reports on them, but look up their page. We got a page on Penn. We got a page on army, Indiana state. Do we have a, do we have a team page on, we have articles on Indiana State for sure. Yeah, we have team pages for everybody rooms. There you go. There you go. Fall reports. Who would be a good example on fall reports? Okay, Oklahoma would be a great example. Like, I don't know what I think about their pitching. So I go back into the fall report and say, who, who was their projected rotation? What's that look like yeah. compared to where we are now? That, that's if you really want to I will say that. two things, too, as well. Um, coaching carousel is going to get hot and heavy over the next couple Ooh, of weeks. Martha. And also the transfer portal. Uh, let's not forget that 
teams that are finishing their season, those players have what is it? Uh, I'd have to go back and look. It's forty, I think forty days to put their name in the portal. So you're going to start seeing some some good some good names at some of these mid majors who may not have made a conference tournament uh, put their name in the portal. And also, uh, Runes and I give hair care tips. So, <laughs> which I found oh. very very helpful. I will say that. <laughs> oh, that's um, great. Team guys, stat pages. That's the other part you want to look yeah. up. Yeah, for Go sure. Ahead, guys, I want you to know. Um, listen to accommodate all this stuff. I've had to go to two external monitors for all my windows and tabs, plus my laptop screen. I've got three screens going at all times now. It's a, uh, listen, this is, this is next level thinking right here, but I, but I mean, you know, 3D chess. Fitzy, that was almost my inane banter topic for today. Like I I'm packing for tomorrow to go to Dallas for globe life and Bob Carpenter, I love you, but you sent me the wrong book this year. And this thing it's like I feel like I'm carrying the Encyclopedia Britannica with me on the trip. It's like this is like seven pounds. It's also a stupid format. It should be horizontal, not vertical. This is like the Bob Carpenter is the most overrated score. Well, vertical. Now you're, give me now a you're I'm out on vertical. It's a waste of space. You got all this space at the bottom. You don't need. We we could we could, you know, my 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 custom template. You've seen it, Williams. <laughs> It's yes. here's a, by the way, here's a shout out to our new sponsor, standard. Bob Carpenter's scorebook. Bobby C. <laughs> Bobby C. Yeah, if you want to, if you want to, like. By the way, Aaron, I don't want you to feel bad, but I have uh, four tabs open right now, including oh, this window. Yes. I mean, like, are you even doing anything with your life? Like, you only have four tabs open. Yeah. What are you doing uh, with your? So this? I have so a Big good. Twelve SEC page open, and I have. All right, boys, boys, I have two final questions, and then we will wrap. This is not one of the two final questions. Do you guys know when when our next podcast will be? Do we have any idea? What's next week? Selection Monday is next week. So next week, there won't really be this podcast. It will be a Nerdcast, right? Yeah, well, you can join us. We'll do a Reactions pod. Yeah, reactions. I, I think I'll be night. traveling though. Like I got to fly back from Bristol oh, that day. So yeah, you guys. Well, it'll be look out. We'll whatever we do, we'll put it on Twitter and and it'll be well. Well, we'll certainly out. have some regional preview stuff next week. After for sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you're traveling, it's Monday night. We'll we'll, we'll figure it out. But maybe like, yep. we can uh, maybe we can work in. Uh, does ACC start late on Friday or or yeah mm. Friday? I have night games on Friday for big. Well, tour. what I'm saying is maybe we could do like a Twitter space at like lunchtime on Friday yeah. or something. Mm, that's- Maybe. We'll see. Either way, there'll be one more yeah, ner- nerdcast, right? One more nerdcast. That's typically how it goes. And, yeah, I, th- yeah. I think Sunday. I mean, like we talked about, maybe trying to do something during the week, but I think that's over ambitious. So, typical Kendall Rogers time optimism. Uh, he thinks <laughs> he thinks between spending sixteen hours at the ballpark every day and staying up till four in the morning, we have time to crank out a nerdcast on a Thursday night. Uh, right. n- no, no, we're not. Go hard or go home. Kendall already won the podcast with the Stephen Shock hat. That hat is not. Good. Thank it's you. great. It is great. Well, almost wore the my husband hates your team hat. Oh, that's even better. I'm saving that for gold Live. All right, boys. Here's the final <laughs> two questions. Yes, as you should. Um, so you guys, you guys, the nerd casters are excellent. Like your accuracy level is excellent. I have set the over under on correct selections of this year's field at 62.5. I feel yeah, like it's a really right. good line. 63. I feel like we we often get 63. Uh, we I don't think we usually we... I don't know if we've gotten. It's 64. hard to get sixty-four because I feel like the committee on purpose put somebody in that we don't that that we haven't. They spin yeah, a big yacker for us on purpose. I can yeah. see them in the committee in Indianapolis saying, "Suck it, nerds." Yeah, John, nerds. John Bowen's hundred percent that guy. Yeah, he's a. Uh, I'm talking to you, John. I feel like this. I feel like this committee is going to be predictable. I feel like they're going to they're going to they're going to be heavy fastball. 
Um, I think you guys of are going to get after after the way they treated NC State last year. I have a hard time believing it's going to be that predictable because that was the most, again, still the most shocking. Like that team wasn't even on the bubble for you know they, they were a two seed and they <laughs> they didn't get in. Like so, what heck? what say you, Fitzy? Are you taking the over? You think sixty three is the number? Yes. What so do you say, Kendall? I think with a small bubble, and I and I don't I don't think there's going to be a ton of upsets. I'll say sixty three. I believe in you guys. I'm taking yeah. the over. Give me sixty three. We're good at this. Yes, you guys um, are good at this. We, we should get 64. We frankly should get 64. If the committee is doing their jobs right, we will get 64. Per- well put it that way. Yeah. All right, so here's my final question. So at the end of the season, we will, award, we will award the Kurt Reed Award for the best player in college baseball, the best entity in college baseball. And as I told you earlier, I have the Drover on my mind. So if we were to nominate one part of the Drover and the Drover experience for the Kurt Reed Award, would it be the ambiance, the fact that it looks like it was built in the 70s and you actually walk down into a cellar to dine at the Drover? Is it the ambiance? Is it the salad bar, the world's greatest salad bar? Well, it is the old salad. It's an old salad bar with a plaque. So you don't have the plaque on there anymore. It has retained its original quality, however. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I, I did know. Um, is it just, it's just, you know, having a, an adult beverage with all the great people that are there, like you, the umpires are there, David Esker's there, like you're going to see all of your friends in college baseball there early in the tournament, or is it the steak? Is it, is it the red meat? So, so what, what is it? What is it? We, we can only nominate one part of the Drover for the Kurt Reed award. What are you nominating? I'm nominating the salad bar. I'm just going to throw it out there. Yeah. I'll say the salad bar. Cause like their, their, their lettuce is really good. And their ranch is always on point. The salad bar is delightful. It's crazy. Uh, it really it's the best word for it. It is so, delightful. It brings so, a smile to my face. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's excellent. Ruth is getting all giddy over a oh salad over here. Just, no, yeah, I but, won't. The, but, but the answer is the whiskey fillet. Get the heck out of here. It's the Ooh. whiskey fillet. Come on. Next question. Maybe what that's it. Got, the Ruth? Drover. Got? You know, Dylan Cruz is not college baseball's only five tool player. It's the Drover. Like, move, oh, move over sure. DC. For sure. Yeah. Love it. Somehow we we've got to. I've got to talk to the manager this year because they've got to be a sponsor of ours. Well, they like how could they not be? They're a they, non-paying they would, sponsor. They would lose cred, street cred, if they actually like paid for a sponsorship. Like they're they're just like they're like above the fray. Like they're they're not going to go corporate on us. And like yeah, I've been so- I've been asking for a T-shirt since like 2005, and they still yeah, aren't good, selling good T-shirts. Luck, good luck with that. Oh man. Well, boys, it was great to see you. Enjoy. Kendall, I will see you at Globe yeah. Life Field. That will be a blast. It's like a throwback year for me. You know, I started this whole thing going to the Big 12 tournament. So, yeah. throwback central. Rosenblatt, oh, is- uh, Rosenblatt Report, right? Yeah. Big 12. Well, also at Big12Baseball.com before that. Jeez. God, that guy. is awesome. So great. Um, we, we need you, Kendall. One of your pieces this week needs to be called Big 12 Baseball.com or whatever you just said. Like that, there that needs go. to be the headline. Maybe we'll do a live interview with Chief. Chief, we will see Chief Speaking and it will be glorious. Yes, that's right. So, Fitzy, have a good time in Durham and hey, uh, uh, enjoy oh, shock. Yes. Great show tonight, guys. Um, yes, on every podcast. You know, a, a plus hashtag whatever your podcast. We, we, I mean, we crushed this one. Yes. Yeah. We crushed it like Kurt Reed. Uh, That's it. Everyone have a great week. Enjoy the conference tournaments and we will catch you next time on the D1 Baseball Podcast. The D1 Baseball Podcast is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts.